0: Welcome to For The Love Of Books, Bee's Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi, this is Paddy. And this is Jenny. And we're here to talk about Bee's Books. So this time,
1: the theme that Bee gave us is called A Colourful Life, which I was both excited and a little like, huh, about, (laughs) because my life is pretty colourful. As you can see, I'm always a walking, talking, colourful (laughs) bundle, but in terms of books, it's yeah, it was a bit of a tough one, the theme. I had a few s- stops and starts, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I'm happy
0: with the one that I've Excellent. chosen. B does like to challenge us. and She I, does. I thought the last one was a big challenge. This mm-hmm. one, no problem at all. Oh, nice. Um, it's I good had, we take... Uh, ch- uh, yeah, we exchanged the roles exactly. of the troubled. <laughs> <laughs> so the book I've chosen oh. is called in a thousand different ways and it's by Cecilia Ahern. I have never read any of her other books um, and this was just a passing comment by another member of staff um, and I started it and then B gave us this um, t- challenge and I thought, ho. Oh! Fits in perfectly. Um, so I'll tell you a bit about it in a wee second. But I'm interested to to find out what you've chosen. Just before that, uh-huh. I have to
1: say I love her outfit there, mm-hmm. and I would absolutely wear it, like on the cover. It's
0: a very party outfit. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. this
1: would I would have been like, oh yes, this is a colourful mm-hmm. life. Yep. So what I've chosen. Oh. It's the graphic novel version of The Babysitters Club. Excellent. And it's a series that I grew up with. Not the graphic novel, I'm not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this was very recent. But uh, it was in the 80s and 90s. It was really popular, like this series of American novels. But more recently, they've sort of readapted it because that was. Not very much a product of its time. I think it still can speak across. But it's still like very oh, 80s yes. and 90s. But this is, uh, I think, trying to reach new audiences. And mm-hmm. they're doing it by an Reina Talgymere. I think that's how you say her name. She's written some other middle grade graphic novels for children, mm-hmm. and she's really popular. So she's adapted, I think, the first few. So this is Christie's great idea. But then there are other people who've adapted other books. So they're mm-hmm. on like 13 or 14 now. Oh. So it's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. And it's, as you can see, I took it very literally these <laughs> instructions. It's an all color graphic novel, which very colorful. Very luxurious, an uh-huh. all color graphic novel. It does. So, yeah. So n- but I am dying to hear about your book. I have notes.
0: I don't you always have make notes, notes. But I actually have <laughs> notes this time. Amazing. So, uh, um, I will find my first note, that's pages turn in there. So basically um, it's a book about this girl um, and it takes you right through her life from when she's about eight years old. Um and she has a thing called, and I apologize because I am going to pronounce this completely wrong, Synth- Synth- synthesia. Synth Synesthesia? Possibly, yes. Mm-hmm. Which basically means that her um she can see things slightly differently than other people. So it is a thing, but it is a natural thing. So, for example, if you look up, one person, whenever they heard a trumpet play, would see the colour red.
1: Oh. Um, it's like
0: um, people who, when they taste something, maybe see a colour or when they smell something, they taste something. So it's when your your senses kind of get slightly mixed up. That's how I kind of see it.
1: Oh, I see it as a superpower. You're telling
0: me there are people walking and like, you know, living in the world next to us who have secret superpowers? That's quite interesting because there's a bit in the book about that. Um, But yeah, so at eight years old, she goes home um, and it's just her mom and her two brothers. And she goes home and there's this kind of blue mist in the house. Um, and she goes upstairs, and it's coming from her mum. So her mum's basically blue, um, and obviously she thinks something bad's happened. She phones an ambulance, the ambulance comes out, and it turns out the mum's fine. She's quite scared, um, you know that these big ambulance people were there in her room, um, and then poor Alice gets um, into trouble for it from her mum because obviously you know she's got a fright. But basically, from that point on, she sees colours like odours around people for their mood and how how they feel. Um, and like as she gets older it's basically how she copes with having this superpower. Yeah. Um and it's just a really interesting book. It's not one that I would usually read. There's not a murder in it, you know. It's, <laughs> it's not a, a gripping thriller. It's just how she copes with it. Um and it, it's really interesting and it did make me go and kinda look it up and see that it was a real thing and um th- I think this is done to the extreme um but you know so basically her mum has issues um and she's always this kind of dark blue colour. Our brother, our older brother, um Hugh, has a pink colour about him and he's quite a kind of friendly, affable person. Mm. Um, and now that she can see these colours, she can see that our mum's blue tentacles as she sees them tries to come out and affect other people. So Hugh, our brother, it just bounces off him. He's learned how to just kind of right. ignore the moods um, now that she can see it herself, she kind of you know is slightly scared, but she can work out how to avoid it. But her younger brother seems to be really affected by it. Um, and as the book progresses, you realize how that affects each of their lives as they're going on. Um, and it's just it's just a fascinating book. So I'm gonna have a mm. quick look at my notes. Yeah, um, so is it from childhood to adult? Oh, I guess it's childhood to the very, very right. end. Oh, um, <laughs> yes. I took a no, Not in a bad way, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely way. And it just takes you right the way through. So from eight years old, um, she comes home um, and she the the colors affect her. So even strangers, she see colors in everybody. So even strangers, like if she brushes past them, some of their color will stick to her. So if they're in a good mood, kind of transfers slightly to her and if they're in a really bad mood it slightly transfers to her as well um, and it's how basically she can use this superpower um, to to do things which she does she she gets her job out of it she can see what people want from her in a job interview mm. so she gets this quite high power job but then she can't really cope with that because she's got it under false pretenses basically mm. and um, you know it's not it's not real if you know what I mean, um, and she gets really over overwhelmed with them. Um, eventually, um, she finds a healer um, who doesn't know what she can do. She just knows that she can help and heal people, um, and she kind of works with her a bit. And she shows her Naomi shows her how to put barriers up slightly so that she's not affected. But it's a temporary measure. She can't do that all the time. But she does, and then it kind of has a, a negative effect on her. Um, and it's just basically how how she goes on Um, at one point she sees somebody who has no colours Um, on a train just in passing she sees Mm this man Um, that's a bit scary well yes but she's never seen somebody like that before so she basically chases after him Mm. Um, and because she can't judge how he's feeling or anything like that she has to actually work at it Mm. Um, they eventually fall in love and it's it's happiness Um, but um, there's a point where um, if I can find it Um, she kind of says that basically she um, judge people so quickly by their colours their true hidden selves I make a decision instantly whether to move forward with them or not I never try to learn anything more about them or get to know the outer part or try to understand them or even understand the reason for their inner part even with more insight than most I recognise the 8 year old I became lazy with people and she just doesn't bother learning to to learn about them, yeah. she just goes, "Oh, you're, you know, you're this color, you know. I know that you're an honest person, etc., etc." She becomes quite lazy, and she says, "That's the fun part for most folk is trying to work out, and sometimes it can take a couple of days, a couple of years, it can take a couple of decades, but she knows straight away if this person's trustworthy." Mm. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting. Um, so she eventually gets sent to an academy for special needs kids, um, you know, people with Tourette's and things like that who maybe um don't fit into a, a school, a mainstream school. Um and because you were talking about superheroes mm-hmm. early, she so meets somebody called Gospel who's there who's got um Tourette's um, and he's not there because he's got Tourette's, he's there because um he can act he acts out um once you know the ticks in that start. Um, but the good news is he goes on to become quite good he becomes to goes on to become a footballer because on the football pitch all of that disappears um, so basically mm-hmm. it's just going like this and you and I immediately go this sounds like um, X-Men this I do like- think, <laughs> think X-Men and one yes. point she, he does say that so um, she eventually tells Gospel what, what why she's there You know what the actual reason behind it is um, and after a lot of talking um, he kind of says to her, well, what is a superhero? Um, it's a character that possesses abilities beyond those of normal people, just like you. Someone that uses the powers to help the world to become a better place, to fight crime and protect the public, just like you. So yes, you know, it does feel like that she's got superpowers. Um, and basically it's a superhero story, how she adapts to those powers and how she goes on. But that's
1: really cool because, you know, I've been reading a little bit and watching and things online about neurodivergence Mm -hmm. and how in like different kinds of sort of neurodivergent traits and uh, Mm -hmm. abilities and disabilities and how usually it's like always told from a deficit model, like Mm -hmm. this is the stuff that's wrong with you. This is how... And it's true, like, li- not the wrong with you, but, but it does make people, their lives difficult yeah. in mm-hmm. ways because society can't accommodate them. But then there's sort of, I think, a growing, and it might have been there before, I'm just accessing it now, but talking about how things like ADHD, for example, mm-hmm. which is I'm most uh, connected with, how some of those things can be looked at in a way positively, mm-hmm. like how it helps you. Mm-hmm. So And it's obviously, it's not like, all good or all bad just like in her life yeah. here it's not all like all good or all bad but it's nice to have Look at it from another perspective mm-hmm. as well, yeah. and sometimes you need other people to be able to mm-hmm. tell you because you're so caught up in the everydayness <laughs> of yeah. it. It sounds uh, fascinating. I would want to read a non-fiction book about synesthesia <laughs> because that's like I love popular science Absolutely. books, um, and I would ap- like I need to look up.
0: <laughs> I need to look it up. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I say it, it's not something that I would uh, like. Picked up, in myself, If somebody hadn't said to me read this, and then it obviously fitted in with Bee's challenge, um, but it was such an interesting book. You know, yeah, I did cry. I will admit, I am quite easily <laughs> <laughs> um set, set to crying, but um, it was just just a wonderful a wonderful book. Um, so was it recommended to buy? Yes, yeah, so I was another member girl? of staff just kind of said, oh, this was really good. Um, but when you work in a library, your pile of books that you want to read is quite. Like, um, it just came at that time where I didn't have such a big pile. But Um, that's the benefits (laughs) of working in a library. I think you're never short of things to read. (laughs) Um, How about your book? I'm I'm still um, interested in this. So this is, I think,
1: very much a children's book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have really fond memories of the series because I grew up reading them. And so I'll tell you what the premise of it is. So in this first book, Christy's Great Idea... It's basically, uh, you know, one like she lives with her uh, siblings, her brothers and a single mom and in the US. And the mom she works, so she's trying to call around because she doesn't have babysitters for any, she can't find any babysitter for her youngest child and usually the siblings take care of him. But they're all busy, they all have things to do. So Christy's idea is basically to start a babysitter's club. Because she does babysitting in like, uh, and she knows a couple of friends, so it's basically a business proposal that she puts up, which is, uh, you know, what if like, a p- parents and adults who have a call just one number and access to a group of babysitters instead of calling around mm-hmm. everywhere else, and that's what the series is about. It's all about, so on the surface, it's all about like babysitting and babysitting adventures and like mishaps and business. Uh, like rivalries <laughs> and things like all sorts of drama oh is there like a rival babysitter oh yes 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 there is and there's some <laughs> like uh sort of uh, yeah like they try to steal ideas and steal customers Ooh. and all this but at its heart I think it's about like a group of girls and like a couple of boys later who also babysit but their interactions with each other and they're very much at the center of the action mm-hmm. and lots of agency and lots of different kinds of girls So, like Christy is a very sporty girl there's another arty sort of thing like this uh, Japanese American Claudia Kishi whose wardrobe I think
0: I emulate
1: <laughs> sort of subconsciously I think I've grown up to become her um, then there's like this really fashionable New York Stacy, mm-hmm. and like all these different there's one very shy quiet Mary who likes cats and books and things so it's just all these different kinds and then they have later Jesse Ramsey, who is this black um, girl and black family that moves into the neighborhood, and there's some racism there that they experience a little bit, but it's all, so that's what, it's like on the surface, it's about babysitters, but mm-hmm. you know, they talk about divorce and blended family, like all these things that go on in a child's life, mm-hmm. but without making it preachy or anything, it's just, you know, it's like these this group of friends. But what I love, so I love retellings. Retell, I just love. It's one of my favorite things. I know some people don't like retellings of, especially something that they're really fond of, mm-hmm. and like I completely understand. But I love retellings for the reason that I like what a different perspective does mm-hmm. to the story of like that I have loved before. So this is a graphic novel retelling of it, and it's really interesting because Reyna she takes on the bits and updates some of the things and changes some of the things based on what she's really interested in. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a Netflix show oh. called The Babysitter's Club, which is one of my favorite shows as an adult. Mm-hmm. As like it's for, <laughs> I think it's for like young people, but I think like even adults could, you know, like who watch because I think growing up a lot of the media, I don't know how it is now. But while I was growing up, it was very boy centered, mm-hmm. a lot of the media. And this was like one of those uh the series that was really very much about girls. Mm-hmm. So I think all genders can like engage with it because it's just a good story. Mm-hmm. And in the star in the TV show, it's just like of, you know, these thirteen year old girls just having lots of different like different kinds of life. So then I know that i trying to challenge stereotypes of girlhood I think but Mm -hmm. in a very fun way Mm -hmm. like they're all mad characters they're all like you'd want to hang out with them if I was a 13 year old I would have wanted to see (laughs) so it's just different examples Uh and then there's also because we're a podcast I found a podcast I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's such a funny podcast it's called the babysitter's club club Okay. Podcast <laughs> and it's two friends, two like middle aged men. Uh they're like in their thirty they were when they started thirty. So they decided um that they are going to read the whole series Excellent. and like each episode like discuss it so one of them has never read the babysitter's club before, one of them like grew up with female cousins a lot, so he used to read a lot of them while growing up and has fond memories like <laughs> I do, but they have just, they're completely unhinged in the podcast, <laughs> like they've built this alternative canon, like they're not trying to they're kind of trying to do it seriously, but also kind of really not and you, I can't even describe it I it's know. just, so. It, like I look forward to doing dishes because I'm
0: listening to it and giggling
1: away, oh. and it's just such... So that's another sort of mm-hmm. adaptation, almost. So that's why I love these kinds of what different voices and perspectives mm-hmm. can do to the same story. Mm-hmm. So this is one I would absolutely recommend the Netflix show and the podcast if you're into <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I just, yeah, love it.
0: and am interested in hearing you saying about um, alternative retellings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read the... Uh, Disney Twisted series. No, but it's on my list because I love
1: villains as well, like vi- uh, to- things told from mm-hmm. the villains yeah. perspective. Yeah, they really, no really one?
0: good. So there's a series that's the villains, um, but there's also a series and it's Twisted Tales. So it's they've taken Aladdin and they've changed it slightly um, and each book is a different author, yeah. um, but they're very, very good. Yeah. You know, you kind of settle into it thinking, oh, I know where this is going and then it changes. And like yeah. you say, it's a different voice picking up a fairy story basically and kind of changing, you know, maybe as you say from the villain's perspective or I can't remember the the details but for example the Beauty and the Beast one, they don't get the rose in time, the rose, you know, and then so the beast stays as the beast but you learn more about why he became the beast in the first place and things like that. Um, I enjoy that kind of a thing as well, that kind of slightly different way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, So
1: online fan fiction, this is why as a teenager, like, of course, fanfiction gets a really bad rap for, I think, not unproblematic reasons. But like, I was not really interested in the romantic sort of fanfiction anyway. I wanted more stories set in a world that I loved, mm-hmm. basically. And I used to really like the ones that were very different <laughs> from the perspective. as well. Like, some people like to read things that were in the same voice as the original mm-hmm. author. Whereas I liked... Things where characters were, you know, like <laughs> completely like their own people, and it was just like it was such a great way to explore the world <laughs> in so many different ways that an, one author can't can't no. do. No because of their perspective limited perspective mm-hmm. and knowledge so I just think this is great another great again Netflix show which was cancelled too soon just like the babysitters club justice for the babysitter <laughs> hashtag justice for the babysitters <laughs> club and with an e which is uh retail not a retelling well sort of of uh, Anne of Green Gables oh, uh-huh. and it's like it's one of again, one of my favorite shows (laughs) so like netflix had these two really brilliant shows and they let it go Mm. they let them go so and again and within e is sort of it it's set in the past so it's not like a modern (laughs) uh thing but they um tackle a lot of the issues that we are now more aware of Uh so for example like i don't know how much you've encountered this uh in canadian perspective because it's set in canada but a lot of indigenous perspectives and like sort of putting their voices and histories back into the story. Mm-hmm. So there is one like indigenous character like Anne befriends this family and this girl and it ticks it, it becomes really sad and oh. things but that reflects the real like the real history of like yeah. the First Nations people in Canada. And that's not something at that time in the 1800s was really being talked about mm-hmm. in the way it is now. So it's still set in the past, but mm-hmm. the concerns, like it's sort of the past and the present in conversation with mm-hmm. each other in a way that's still really joyful and yeah. loving. And, you know, you know that these people love the source material, but they want, like, they're like, what if mm-hmm. something? Or mm-hmm. what if, like, this happened? Or what if this was a part of the story? And I just, this is the reason I love retellings. <laughs> yeah, so I fully recommend.
0: I must admit, there's there's a couple of books that I would like to take the main character and do something else with them I mean mm-hmm. I'm not into doing it myself but you know fan you fiction need? Jenny yeah. <laughs> that, that's where you need to be archive of for own is where you need to hang out if there was one character you could take out any book and retell their story slightly differently oh that's an excellent question I've just thrown that at you you have sorry. yes uh, but um I think
1: maybe Anne mm-hmm. I like just because I know I just mentioned it but I read Anne of Green Gables not at a time when people usually read it. Mm-hmm. It was like in my early 20s and usually people treat Anne of Green Gables as a child, but I've never felt as seen in a character. Mm-hmm. Like I reread it like a uh, couple of years ago and I was like it's still the same like even 10 years later mm-hmm. I still feel that sense. I would really like the kind of madness that the lunacy in <laughs> and I would lo- love to see her in different settings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, either like often a very different kind of adventure because Anne of Green Gables was really realistic. Mm-hmm. So what if we put her in Hogwarts, oh. for example? <laughs> you know, how would she mm-hmm. uh, mel- gel with the trio and what? Like, I would write it in a very... So I had written Harry Potter fanfiction, I might have mentioned this. It was a sitcom version of Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Excellent. Okay. So <laughs> I used to always write things that were... a a little bit unhinged I think (laughs) so I would like Anne to be maybe with the trio Mm -hmm. and uh, she just like all their adventures lead to like madness and accidents and so it would be more like fun and Mm -hmm. not death (laughs) (laughs) what about you
0: I don't know as you were talking there I was trying to think I've given you that question Mm -hmm. it's probably going to bounce back to me Um, I don't know I think um I would take the unnamed character, the main character, out of Rebecca, one of my favourite mm. books, and put her in different circumstances, um, you know, maybe not meet Max, maybe meet somebody else and see how mm. how she got on with them. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Just
1: what happens when she meets Max? Is it a spoiler? Oh, do you know, No. I don't. Oh, I haven't read Rebecca. Read Rebecca. Okay.
0: Um, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it. Yes. Um, it's, it's one of those kind of classic books. Um, I know um, it's a
1: bit scary. It's Is a wee it? bit scary. Yeah. Um,
0: and it's a wee bit, oh, um, oh. And I know there has been books kind of written around about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, she, she's an unnamed character and she ma- meets this man. And she's quite young and basically she goes off and marries him. But he's been married before to Rebecca. Um, and it's kind of, it's not a ghost story. It's not a kind of, it's ah. hard to describe. Um, oh, but
1: that would be interesting. And that just reminded me. So I watched this fantastic uh uh, musical mm-hmm. called Pride and Prejudice sort of okay and yeah it, it so it's basically Pride and Prejudice but it's told from the perspective of the servants okay. who don't get so it's sort of like a class commentary thing like they do all the work but it's also so funny and like it's the music is just fantastic mm-hmm. so like that kind of it's still happening in mm-hmm. all these different formats and I'm going in a couple of weeks I'm going to watch 6 um, the musical, which is about Henry the Eighth's wives that he kept oh, right, killing okay. and, getting and getting rid, rid, get rid of, off, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but this is putting their perspectives at the forefront. Ah. So, uh, yeah, and like Hamilton as well, you mm-hmm. know, like it's telling it from a different yeah, uh-huh. kind. Uh, so, uh, I can just, I can have a whole podcast yeah. about <laughs> I think
0: nowadays, though, that's done very well. I, uh, years ago, it wouldn't have worked. You wouldn't have been able to introduce different characters into Anna Green Gables because it just wouldn't have worked as you say it just wouldn't even 20 years ago it probably would have been but now you know we've got more open mindedness to that kind of thing I agree you know still
1: not for everybody though there are a lot of people who are very angry that you've uh, destroyed this fount of my perfect memory or like whatever
0: which I understand I just disagree with I always think though if it's a book or a film or something like that and you've read the original you don't have to read you know you don't have to go on and read that you yeah. don't have to watch it you know? and so it
1: speaks to a different kind like yeah, for example so this graphic novel I know, like i think about 14 so it's obviously doing well enough that mm-hmm. they keep continuing Absolutely. and it's reaching so many new people who probably wouldn't have picked up the books themselves that are numbered in 100 something so
0: I don't know <laughs> I did work in libraries um, in the middle of the series and I do remember it was it felt like every week you were getting a new babysitter's club book Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I never read them no. but you know you were kind of processing the books and you were like oh here's another, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's <laughs> another. but it's great because the people that liked it liked it and it meant that they yeah. were reading Yeah. you know and that's important Part, yeah. especially for that age group and now there's like new
1: kids new oh. generations through Netflix through this probably yes. not the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh. No. yeah mm-hmm. oh I think we've done be very proud I this think time. we have we've uh-huh. approached it from a very different perspective yes. but I think she's she's quite happy well what about the next challenge do you, do you have any
0: do you know any rumours well I think she's sticking with the colour theme oh. um, and the next one is uh, golden Years. Oh. Of course, the song is now in my head, but um, I, I must listen to it after yes. we finish recording. I don't think I know it. But uh, yeah, Golden Years. Golden um, Years. I think okay. that could be quite interesting. I'll have to get my thinking cap of thinking. Mm-hmm. I've okay. already got mine set up. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be It'll be taking done. me three minutes there to work <laughs> out what I want to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. Probably. Okay, so, I, I can't wait to find out what we're golden earring. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> uh, but See that's it time. for
1: us now. Yep. See you next time. Bye.
0: Bye.